Opinions on objects. Musings on miscellany. What we think about this, that, and everything else. My name's Jack. And my name's Andy. And And you're listening to Jack and Andy's Thoughts on Stuff. Hi, everybody. Hello. Welcome back. Um... I don't know that there really is anyone <laughs> listening to this, but I like saying that anyway, just to whoever might be listening. Um, today, we have decided to kind of start with traveling and travel mm-hmm. in general and take it from there. So for me personally, and this is Andy speaking, <laughs> the last two years have been really difficult or last two and a half years now has been really difficult because prior to that I would travel overseas at least twice a year one of those times always being Japan and not being able to travel overseas for the last couple of years has been really hard Um, and even though I have interest in some places within Australia I'm a single person and I don't have many people who travel or love traveling as much as I do so trying to travel around Australia to places that I don't necessarily feel safe going to on my own has been hard Mm. Uh, there's like places that I'll go like Brisbane Melbourne Sydney those sorts of places where I have people I know but big towns with lots of people around yeah but doing place doing things like road trips like Mm -hmm. that's not something you want to do by yourself well I wouldn't want to do by myself in Australia I don't know much about Europe but I feel like you could do a road trip in Europe to a degree by yourself like if you know you you were going things aren't too far away and it's not like long stretches of road where you can break down and no one will ever find you for days at a time mm, but I feel, like, stuff. I feel like there's still human trafficking oh, in Europe. Yeah. <laughs> that's probably more of a problem than yeah. in Australia, I guess. but I mean in Australia I don't know I don't know if it's really even safety I've been really over analyzing this the last two years to see what my hesitancy is I think that in Australia I just want to do it with other people mm. like I don't I want to have an experience experience that with somebody else like not just by myself like I don't want to go to the Kimberleys like I could go and do like a tour in Kimberley and the other thing sorry just jumping to something (laughs) else everything is so freaking expensive like tours are ridiculously expensive in Australia like just to even do a tour of the Kimberleys like a five-day tour or something you're looking like three thousand dollars and above Jeez. Like, I could go to Japan for, like, two months on $3,000. Like, Mind you, Japan is a very unique place. <laughs> yeah, sort of it's like, geez louise. And, I mean, like, I want to go to the Kimberleys, obviously, and I want to go to, like, Exmouth and do WA again. And we've talked about going down to Tasmania and doing, like, a trip around Tasmania. Like, there's all these things that I do want to do, but mm. it's kind of, I don't know, in Australia I just want to do it with other people, whereas when I'm overseas I like going on a tour or exploring the mm. space myself like i, I guess there's not as much um, new and interesting culture mm. to absorb yeah. in australia there would be aspects of it depending on where you go sort of thing different mm. parts of australia different culture but the majority of it is the same and straightforward sort mm. of thing I wonder too if I'm like, maybe I just don't want to meet other Australians on tours. <laughs> yeah, we've met, we've met other Australians in Japan and it's not necessarily a great experience. No, and I've done a fair few Kentucky tours. Like, I think I did, ended up doing four Kentucky tours and like just met so many more Australians. I, I hardly ever talked to them 
now. Like, I'm just friends with them on Facebook mm. and stuff like that. But, yeah, it's, I don't know. I just, I feel like, too, we, we just have a lot of uninteresting small towns yes. in Australia. Like, yeah, for sure. There's big we things to go and do, but the small have, towns are, like, uninteresting. Yeah, we don't have charming small towns. <laughs> no. We have towns that are, like, A Street in the middle of nowhere with a Crazy Clark's. That's, like, a, a dollar store. Yeah. A Woolworth's, which is a grocery store, and, like, a library and a council building. And you're like, yay. And it's not, like, nice, charming old buildings either. Like, maybe no. the council building will be, but yeah. the rest are all, like, shack unpainted shacks that like run down and stuff and you're like oh so charming that's what i I like about cans because most of the time exactly like our council buildings our council our buildings here in cans like there was some random i need to learn the architect's name but there was like this architect that came and did like the bowl and center and the old courthouse and cans post and where the library is now yeah they did these really like grand looking buildings so we do have some interesting buildings here in cairns yeah but yeah you go to like these small towns like i recently went to melbourne for easter and we went camping at this small place called harrow i think it was harrow Hmm. and like it has a lot of history apparently the first indigenous cricket team came from there but it like literally is one street with a with like um couple of convenience stores and a pub and like the you know a service station like and and the nicest building even though this town's like meant to date back to the 1800s the nicest building is like this cute little church like Mm. that's that's the nicest building and it's a sweet little town but there's really nothing and i'm like we just camped there for two nights and i'm like yeah probably wouldn't drive all the way out here again like it's kind of done now like we've we've done this but in other countries the thing too is all of those all their little towns are closer together Mm. whereas ours like that one from melbourne was like four hours and it was literally almost freaking nothing in between (laughs) like you know there's the grampians and stuff nearby which was nice but the there's like this small town like in the grampians which i can't remember the the name of mountain range Grampians? Yeah, the Grampians mm. is a mountain range, oh, but really not cool. like the Lamb Range, not like the Great Dividing Range like we have here. But there's this, oh, I can't remember the name of the town, but there's this thriving little town in the Grampians, and the only reason it's thriving is because it's the only place where they have, like, heaps of resorts and stuff for people to stay if they're going on, like, oh, being like a tourist. Or or? No, like being oh, a okay. tourist. Yeah, like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Like, you know. They want to go to the mountains. That's the place to that's go. That's the place to yeah. go, yeah. And that's like they've just built these resorts so that people can say, I'm going to the mountains, but I'm staying in this resort. Like, <laughs> it's just it's just weird. And I think that's my problem with Australia. I want to see the nature stuff. That's what I go to see. I'm not interested so much in the town. If there was somewhere that had like indigenous rock art and stuff like that and some pretty significant indigenous history and um, like landmarks and things like that, then I'd be interested. But again, that's not something you're going to go stay somewhere. You'll go visit it for two hours and then you head off sort of thing. Like when we travel in Australia, it tends to be for the nature. Yeah. Like Kimberley's is like the really unique landscape, that red dirt like outback kind of mm. 
feeling. And then Axemith, because you can go swim with the whale sharks and there's like the and the WA coastline, like all of the beaches and stuff like that, and yeah. even the east coast is. I think the only place I would go to for culture is probably Melbourne. Mm. Sydney's probably got a lot of culture, but it's harder to find. Mm. Melbourne wears it on their sleeves. Yeah. And Canberra is just kind of weird. It's like it's got an artificial culture mm. about it. Like people have gotten in talented artists and stuff to build really interesting buildings mm. and sculptures and landscapes and stuff. But they're not, they don't feel remotely inhabited by mm. people at all. Mm. They're very I, sterile feeling. It's I, weird. Town. I feel like Canberra is a transient population as well because Possibly. people go to work there for the parliament and then yeah. leave. I think it's like half politicians and half students because they got like a university there or something. And I, that's feel, like I, the feel, two I think it's more types. like 70% public servants and then 30% students, something mm. like that. Yeah. It's a weird place. Yeah, it is interesting. I don't hate it, but once you've been there once, you probably mm. don't need to go back unless you specifically really like to go to that place. Yeah. Like it has like nice museums and stuff. It's good for that kind of... Mm academic culture mm, yeah sort of thing yeah definitely not not actual like country like not country but um you know like traditional sort of yeah. culture national maybe national culture yeah i don't know yeah but i recently went to sydney and like you know in the past i've hated sydney like mm. sydney's up there with los angeles like one of my least favorite cities <laughs> in the world and i'm i'd say i'm fairly well traveled like over like 30 over 30 countries that i've been to like i feel yeah. like i'm fairly well traveled definitely more traveled than i am <laughs> yeah and i'm like sydney's one of sydney is one of my was one of my least favorite but i recently went back there and i don't know if it's because there was less people around but maybe it just felt differently like mm. like previously i've always said i didn't hate it or didn't dislike it because of what it looks like it was more the energy that i got mm. in sydney and i just didn't get that energy and it felt more like an international city, like an international okay. capital city than it has previously. My issue with Sydney is always it does feel like um like a hustle. Like mm. you're on holidays and you're chilling and walking around the streets, but everyone else is late for work. <laughs> like and they're just running around you're running around you and you can't relax. You yeah. like you feel like you need to get out of their way so you're not interrupting their their busy Bus- work day sort yeah. of thing. On the other hand, I go to Japan for like nature and culture. Mm. There's just so much of both of it, both of those things everywhere. <laughs> yes, exactly. And we've been to Japan a fair few times. Me more than you. Yeah. Yeah. And Japan is probably the place that I've missed the most being able to travel to. And I've said like, as soon as I can get there, I can. And they've just said that they're going to open up, but only to small tour groups. <laughs> and I'm like, I've been to Japan so many times. All of those small tours will do everywhere that I've already been multiple times. And no, definitely. I'm just like, and I've looked at the tour prices and they're freaking ridiculous. It's like three and a half grand to like $7,000 mm. for like not even like, and they're all like two weeks or less. Yeah, that's my main issue. I mean, it might be that you're paying more to organize things for you to do than maybe I at least wouldn't organize for myself because I'm mm. lazy and useless. But to be honest, I'm happy to be in Japan. Mm. I'd rather just have one room in the middle of Tokyo for the same length of time if that money is spending money, mm. and I'd be happier mm. to spend that much money on a tour. Yeah, exactly. I freaking love Tokyo. I know, it's just, 
I don't understand why they they cost that much. Like, give me eight thousand dollars, and I could be in Japan for like three months. Yeah, like <laughs> that. It's just it does my head, and I don't know where they get those costs from. And three nights of one of them was a ryokan, but ryokans. They're not that expensive. Mm. Like, I mean, we stayed in the um, temple in Koyasan. Yeah, that was very cheap. And that was very, yeah, that was cheap. And that included food as well. Mm. And ryokans are very similar to what a temple stay is. But then most accommodation is pretty cheap in Japan, unless Mm. you're getting luxury apartments and that sort of stuff. I know. I can never understand it when people say to me, Japan's so expensive. And I'm like, where the hell are you staying and eating? Like... I mean, we we were just saying the other day how we did when we did our our month long Japan trip, we just we budgeted a hundred dollars a day, and that mm. was going to include accommodation, and we were easily I think meals able meals and accommodation meals and accommodation, yeah. yeah. And I think we easily were able to find accommodation that was like sixty bucks yeah. a night, and that was hostels and that. But the hostels in Japan are so much different. Yeah, they're nice. Than what they are anywhere else. There is still their noise in some of them. Yeah, but not but, you don't get yeah. the partying lunatics like you do no. here. Like, if you're a light sleeper and there's someone snoring or someone yeah. has to wake up early and you hear them being ready, that's about it. Yeah, exactly. But the hostels are good. Yeah, if someone says they've been to Japan and like the accommodation is super expensive, then I'm like, I'm assuming you stayed like in a, a hotel room hotel. <laughs> that was the same size as an Australian hotel room. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Because it might be cheap, but your your rooms are tiny. Yes, exactly. That's probably why they're cheap. That's fine. You don't need to no, live you don't need, in the room exactly. or anything. You don't need a big room. I don't understand people who go on holidays and have to have like these big suites and stuff like that because I'm like, you're hardly ever there. If you're doing your trip right, you're only going to be using that room for sleeping. So all you need is a bed and a maybe a shower mm. and toilet. Like That's all you need. You don't need, and I mean, most of the time in Japan too, you don't get like a microwave in the room and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, that's that's pretty standard here. And your um, Airbnb was really good. That mm. was cheap, and then you had like a washing machine and everything. microwave and yeah. a little stove and everything. It was good. Yeah, we I think we ended up fully swapping over from hotels to Airbnbs. Yeah, and on, I think, on was that before they changed the rules in Japan for Airbnbs? So now there's like less available or something. Yeah, that was before, and then yeah. the, but then they were coming back on board when we were booking our our previous trip that we had to cancel because mm. of COVID. So close. I know. Wait, I, I'm kind of I look back now and I'm kind of happy in a way because remember how because I had a Japanese boyfriend at the time, so I was mm. going to only be with you guys for a week. Yeah, and then my was partner gonna, and I were going to do yeah. one leg, and then we we're going to go back to Tokyo, and yeah. you're going to continue on. Yeah, so I feel like it was going to probably be a bit of a hassle for all of us if that makes sense so it's probably good that we can do it next time unencumbered by any of that stuff and like if there's three of us then we can hire a car and go do shikoku properly that'd be good yeah i really do want to drive around you see a lot of um the countryside from the trains Mm. like at the train window but you don't feel very close to it no and you see little things whilst you're in the train you're like i want to drive out there (laughs) That looks like a little shrine on the top of a mountain. I want to go and see what that is. <laughs> Japan just has so many hidden treasures. Like, I, I think that's what I feel sad about with Australia. Like, of course, we have all the indigenous history, but a lot of it was also destroyed mm. when, like, the British invaded. And, like, in Japan, like, they have so much history that, like, 
there's just little things here and there and everywhere. Like yeah. it's it's I think um we're not as closely personally attached to our culture mm. as like a, people are in a lot of other countries. Mm. Like we have cultural things but they're usually a local artist has been hired by the local government to make that thing. Mm. Or like they're designing a new garden for, for park for kids mm. to play in and they've got someone who'd come in to design a natural playing landscape. Yeah. So you have that sort of stuff, but you don't really have individuals saying, like, I need to build a shrine in this area for my god, so I'm going to go and put my own personal effort into creating this thing. Mm. Where it's all the stuff that's getting created now. It's like what people a hundred years in the future are going to look back and go, oh, wow, that was really cool. Yeah, probably. <laughs> like, but that's, that's if it freaking lasts. Like, yeah. But no, Japan is definitely got a very strong part of my heart like i feel like half for sure yeah i just love their sense of um pop culture art Mm. i love cute stuff and no other country can seem to make things as cute as japan Mm. especially not so plentiful and cheap yeah exactly which is kind of i guess that's my one issue like there are as much as i love japan there are a lot of things i don't like about japan like social things that i don't like about japan like there's still a huge gender pay gap and there's still a lot of differences in the way women are treated and the way women are expected to live. Yeah. Um, it's changed. It's definitely is changing, um, but there's still a lot of inequalities um, and there's a lot of, cons- like the, a lot of the conservative beliefs and the way, like the expectation for conformity, like I mm. re- that really bothers me. Yeah. But there's also lots of good things about their culture as well, so... Yeah, it's one of those things that, um, because we're both very, you can't say liberal, because in Australia that means something opposite to what it means in, like, America. Yeah. (laughs) Like, the direct opposite. (laughs) But we're sort of, um, we're both open-minded, accepting sort of people. We're the opposite of conservative, pretty much. But I do wonder sometimes, like, um, Japan has a reputation for people being well-mannered, and... I think that's not necessarily undividable from their conservative mind mindset, mm. but it's probably linked. Mm. Like you'd have to do some cultural fandangling to try and keep that part and get rid of the, the bad aspects of that personality mm. that people seem to have. So it's good. I like that they're polite, friendly people who mm. don't crowd you and all that sort of stuff. And there's like lower crime and more trust in certain groups of the population, that sort of thing. Mm. You can be drunk in public because they're not afraid of you losing your, your shit and punching <laughs> someone in the face. Yes. <laughs> so I think Australia has very tough um, public drinking laws, mm. but we also have some of the worst um, alcohol-fueled crime. <laughs> yes. Because we can't seem to control ourselves. So I think it's because there was that drinking culture, you know, that larrikin drinking culture mm. in the past. So... It just kind of grew from there. But studies have shown that kids in Australia these days are drinking much less than their parents mm. at that age. So, That's But they're, they're also taking more drugs. Yes. They swapped <laughs> one vice for another. Yeah, because apparently it's cheaper. Yeah. I mean, um, Japanese do have a, a drinking um, culture in their businessmen at least. Mm. That's much more reserved. That's not loud and... and um, I think, it's, I think no, it's it needs boisterous. to be considered a national health problem for them, to be honest. Yeah. I think it goes hand in hand with their um, overworking. 
Not for sure. Yeah. Like, I like my workmates. And I probably wouldn't dislike going drinking with them regularly because they're pretty cool people. But I can't imagine I'd ever feel like I really would go home after a day's of work if I worked until like 9 o'clock in the evening, then spent two hours drinking with my workmates, went home, slept, and then went back to work again. <laughs> I'd feel like I'd never left. I know. Like, it's pretty crazy. I work here like three hours overtime, and the next day feels like a write-off because I feel like I didn't even leave the office even though I did for like ages. <laughs> I get back to work the next day and I'm like, I was just here. <laughs> exactly. And it wears you out. Oh, it does. I don't know. There's some, like, some of the men, like, some of the lives that they live, like, and I mean, I've got a couple of male Japanese friends who live in Japan and one of them's a dad, the other's not, like, single, but just the, you know, sometimes they'll message me and be like, oh, I just got home and it's like 10 o'clock at night for them because they've had to either go to a work drinking party afterwards um, and then they have to do their commute home or they've worked overtime till like 8, 9 o'clock and they've had to then have like an hour commute to get mm. home. And, and then, kill me. Yeah, and then they've got to go home and... I mean, one of my friends, he messaged me at, like, 11 o'clock one night to say that he just got home from work. Like, 11 o'clock their time. Mm. And I'm just like, far out. Like, this is hectic. That sort of work culture, though, I can imagine that if you lost your job, you'd probably self-harm or at least be, like, super, super depressed. Because mm. if you work that much every single day with barely any break, you'd be so attached to your position. Your whole identity would be linked to your job. Yeah. The problem in Japan too, though, is that like they don't have a culture like we do. We we respect and almost like people to have varied work experience and work mm. in overseas and have all of that sort of stuff. Like we tend to look for that in yeah. in recruitment. Could definitely do with some more support in certain areas of yeah. employment. But yeah, we are definitely We're, interested in that sort of thing. Yeah, exactly. But in Japan, like. You know, if if you leave your job, you can't like you can't just leave your job to go to another one. Like it's frowned upon. Like if yeah. you you know they because because the promotion system in Japan, from what I've been told and what I've read, the promotion system in Japan is based on age, not on your ability to do the job well. Like I think the part of that factors into it. But a thirty-year-old wouldn't get promoted above a fifty-year-old. Yeah. Like no matter if the thirty-year-old is better at the job than the 50-year-old. Yeah. And I think that that's a problem is in the higher ranks of their businesses. They have all these really old men who have really old-fashioned ideas and mm. they, they come from that post-war sort of space where it was basically we need to increase out, we need to improve the economy, so we need to work hard and we're going to expect everybody to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Makes me wonder if language is involved in that sort of stuff to an extent as well. Because these reminded me, I was talking to, I think, a Japanese teacher a couple of months ago, and she mentioned how like you can have new employees who are older, but the language you, that the senior who is younger than them has to use towards them gets complicated mm. because you usually have to use respectful language to someone older than you, but you also need to talk down to people who are below you in the business. Mm. So it becomes this really interesting, Dynamic. when do I be polite to this junior older junior yeah and when do i speak appropriately down to my like staff member sort of thing yeah 
So I imagine that's probably why a lot of people aren't promoted above anyone older than them. But because since, like yeah. this built into their language that the person who's older than you always gets more respect. Yeah. Sort of thing. Yeah. I don't know. I think it's a flawed system. But who am I to judge a whole culture? Hmm. I think it's changing now. I've been been told by a lot of people that things are changing, but it's not changing fast. Like apparently young people coming in are like and entrepreneurs and all that sort of stuff are changing mm-hmm. the kind of changing the landscape. But you know, there's still those big companies that have like over a couple of centuries, like Toyota and you know all those big companies. Yeah. Um, that have had a really long standing in the in the business world in Japan and are like the Goliaths of the business world there <laughs> that are having a big influence on what's sort of going on there in that landscape as well. Yeah. I guess um, it is changing, but it's probably the same reason most other countries are changing. Mm. Is that internet is making globalism really hard to avoid. Mm. <laughs> so people are seeing other cultures and talking to people outside their own culture and mm. learning and changing. Um. I was watching something the other day on YouTube. I think it might have been Asian Boss on YouTube. They were interviewing women who weren't interested in marriage. Mm. And there's one of those real kind of like, um, what? You're not interested in marriage? How can this possibly be? Mm-hmm. These women are like, well, I've got my dog. My dog's fantastic. I buy it cute outfits. I have a job, so I don't need money. Why would I get married? <laughs> Like, no, like, why? Well, yeah. What point is this to do with anything? Exactly. Because it used purpose. to be so based on money mm. and, like, that sort of thing. If you wanted kids, you have to get married. If you're a woman and you wanted to be properly supported sort of thing, you usually have to get married. Mm. Although women's been able to be independent for a while now, but there's still been limitations on it. Mm. Oh, I need to study history to go back to see when this bullshit with women started. Yeah. Because apparently in, like, Roman times and stuff, like, women could own property and all that sort of shit. Yeah. And, like, Greeks and stuff like that, like, back in those days. So um, it must have been when Christianity I feel like there's probably one or two cultural movements that really um, interfered with things. So, yeah, because a lot of basic cultures didn't have that kind of divide Mm. in them because there's no need for Mm. it. And there's also different levels of it. I think Egypt was the most... Most equal, I guess mm. you'd say, mm. for for its time period sort of thing, because women could own property, and mm. I, th- I think they couldn't go to court themselves, but they were able to have someone to go to court on their behalf rather mm. than having to have a husband or a dad make decisions for her in the court sort of thing. Mm. What was France Gaul? Wasn't there like, what didn't females have like more power or something in Gaul? I'll Possibly. Have to, have to look all this up. Don't take my word for it, peeps, because I'm. <laughs> I'm not well informed about this. I'm really learning a lot from the internet about um, women's history that was sort of glided over mm. and not covered mm. like back in the day. And it makes you wonder about how much women did that they weren't credited for. Mm. There would have been heaps of stuff. Yeah. It's a shame we've got the information, as much information about those women as yeah. other things. But like when they started writing books... That, again, was Christianity. I reckon a lot of it stems from Christianity, <laughs> to be honest. You know, like... I do wonder. Like, but I then, so. you know, we haven't we haven't got every book that was ever written in existence. No. Like, you know, and, like, when all of the Crusades and all that bullshit, like, 
when they were going on, like yeah. in the witch trials and all that shit. There would have been so much stuff that would have been burnt and lost and forever lost. And, yeah. I feel yeah. like it's probably definitely linked to Christianity. But at the same time, I feel like Christianity has a long history of being co-opted by people in power and mm. using it to justify what they wanted mm. to do. Mm. So I wouldn't be surprised if it seems like Christianity, when you go back and back and back to a point at which you find, actually, no, the Christians of this time were fine, but this king who then adopted Christianity decided to take these parts of it mm. and force them as the main staples of the religion. So mm. I, think, I wouldn't be surprised. Mm. Just based on how people use religion to like justify their own stupid ideas yeah, all of the time. Exactly. And, and realistically, anything from back then, like unless it's like clearly written down, the interpretation and everything is based on modern-day interpretation of like old English or a different language altogether that could have been very different back then. Do you get what I mean? Like, Yeah, yeah. you can't directly can't, translate we, it. Yeah, properly. and we can't say for sure that it was definitely like that. We can make our best guesses based on the information and evidence that we have. But we can't say for certain that this happened this way sort of thing. Do you get what I mean? Yeah. Like, because we, we weren't there. We're not there witnessing it. And so I'm, like, interested to see how much of the stuff to these days, like the internet, everything, survives, like, 100 years in the future. Like, will this mm. podcast be, you know, around somewhere. around somewhere? I wonder about that stuff. Because they say that once it's on the internet, it's never truly gone. Mm. But at the same time, it's really hard to find old websites that no <laughs> longer are being supported by the original creators. No. Like, I think the idea is maybe there's a... a server out there somewhere that mm. stores all this information sort of thing but I can't access it anymore no, like most people exactly. can't access it if... and it's like the domains like once you once you let go of a domain for the website yeah the website domain it's not yours anymore you have nowhere to actually host your website mm. so um slight deviation but what I'm starting to get annoyed with um western culture at least is the stories we tell are very repetitive Mm. Not in the themes or the general tone. Not like in a every third um, version of Shakespeare's Romeo and Juliet is done with different names <laughs> and only hints at it being related to the original sort of thing. Apparently, Blade Twilight is a version of Romeo and mm. Juliet, but like it's more like blatant copies. Mm. Like you find one famous person in history, make a movie about it in the forties. Twenty years later, we make another movie about the same character. Mm. Another movie, like so, and like we just have all this like history of the same character being redone mm. over and over again. Yeah. Like just talk about like women in history. There was like a legendary female Chinese pirate mm. who apparently was like feared, like the most feared pirate of her time or something mm. like that. Like, why isn't there a movie about her? <laughs> yeah, maybe there is. Why? China. Do we have a million Spider-Man movies? <laughs> no. We don't have an awesome pirate uh, Chinese lady movie. Like, it's not fair. As much as I love Marvel and, like, the DC stuff, I mean, I like the Marvel more than DC, but as much as I like them, at the same time, I just think they're killing our film culture. Yeah. Because, like, you don't... I feel like there was more variety of films coming in the cinema in the past. Yeah, for sure. Like, and, and Netflix and that too. I feel like it's just killing our film, our like TV film culture. Mm. Nobody wants interesting stuff for it being different, it seems. 
because I don't know, we're just consuming the same bullshit all the time. Like you said, yeah. it's either a remake of something that's already been done. It's like yeah. nobody can come up with any original ideas anymore. I know, right? And like, I love Batman. But honestly, I think we needed another Batman, Patterson, or otherwise yeah. <laughs> at this point because it, it wasn't a bad movie. Some people disagree with me. Mm-hmm. I think it was a good movie, but it wasn't new. It wasn't interesting. Mm-hmm. They didn't take the character in anywhere different. different and exciting. They didn't mm-hmm. do anything interesting f- film wise. Mm-hmm. Like, if they'd brought out a bloody black and white noir Batman, <laughs> maybe we'd have be having a different conversation. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> But no. <laughs> I know. It's just like, yeah, there's just nothing original. Mm. I think that's why I've really taken to, like, TikTok and YouTube over the years. Mm. Like, I refuse to watch regular television mm. now. I don't think I've watched actual free dinner yeah. TV for, like, like years. Um, like, when Andy came over earlier this evening, I was watching Max Miller mm. on YouTube, and he does, like, ABC worth quality videos mm. on recipes from history. Mm. And he does a really professional, good job. <laughs> and I can watch his stuff whenever I like, and he posts regularly, mm. and I can learn about different cooking techniques mm. and characters through history. I watched one about ice cream the other day, and like he mentioned how there was a famous lady who like popularized ice cream mm. <laughs> in, I think it was in Europe, yeah. and she like invented and like patented so many machines. <laughs> she was like a white's good billionaire well yeah. she wouldn't have been a billionaire but she would have been the equivalent of today yeah billionaire yeah you yeah know. she'd be like the westinghouse of her time <laughs> she had she started with ice cream makers and then branched out to all kinds of cooking appliances and had like a school <laughs> to teach people how to make ice cream and mm. cook in general that sort of stuff never heard of her before mm. i didn't know there's this really famous rich woman who <laughs> made invented all of his kitchen appliances yeah but I learned from him. But like, I can't find that content in, I don't know what you can call it, regular media? Yeah. Community Free sanctioned media. <laughs> Free to air TV. Yeah. It's like some people at work the other day were talking about Big Brother. And I was like, what the fuck? That shit's still on TV? And they're like, yeah, it's so good this season. And then they're talking about The Voice. And I'm just like, oh, my God. I'm like, I'm so out of touch. I know. And then another chick that I go to Japanese class with, like, when it's on, talks about Married at First Sight or The Bachelor and Bachelorette. And I'm just like, oh, I just hear about these things through other people now. I don't need to watch them. But, again, it's like, why do we have, like, Ten seasons of this shit, like... Yeah, it's true. I don't like to blame everything on America, but this whole having a million seasons of the one show is a very American thing. That's what I like about K-dramas. You just have one, 16 episodes done. Next next, Story is complete. That's it. I kind of prefer it. Like, when I love a show and I don't want it to end, it feels like I want 13 seasons of Supernatural. (laughs) How many seasons of Supernatural were there Probably in the end? like 16 or something. Let me check this. Supernatural is pretty cool though. How many seasons of Supernatural? 15. There you go, I was close. <laughs> 15 seasons of Supernatural. But like, I love the show and when I was at my peak iteration of it, mm. I was like, yes, more seasons, all the seasons, I want to watch this show forever. But 
to be honest, I don't think I got past season four. Mm. And by the sounds of it, it went in weird directions. Yeah, exactly. Like, And there's a lot of filler that didn't actually need to be in there for the story. I was just going to say, like, I'm fine if you do ten seasons when you've already pre-thought out the entire storyline mm. and you've actually planned what each season's going to be about. Cool. But most of the time, it's just like you said, filler. It's like, oh, let's do another season because they're so popular. Yeah. Like, they don't We have actually, no more content. We just need to make more money. We just money. need to make more money. Exactly. And that's what it becomes. It's like, no, do 10 seasons if you already have 10 seasons planned out. Mm. Like, and you have a very clear, entertaining, engaging storyline throughout those 10 seasons. But if you can freaking condense that <laughs> into two seasons, <laughs> please do, because yeah. we don't need to be engaged for 10 seasons, for crying out loud. Like, it makes it harder to rewatch too. Yeah. If... Supernatural had been three neat seasons with, like, a really exciting, dramatic and, like, Mm. heart-gripping sort of arc and character development. I would probably rewatch it. Yeah. Because if it's well done, I'll want to rewatch it. Yeah. But as it is, I don't even know if I can watch the episodes I haven't watched just because there's so bloody much of it. (laughs) No, it's just crazy. But it's just, like, Skip Beat, you know? We're talking about Skip Beat. They're up to, like volume 44 or something in the manga but again as much as i love that manga it's everything is so slow burn Mm. and and there's a lot of mangas where everything is such a slow burn that they really could have it all over and done with in like five volumes yeah like the thing is as well with um that particular manga is it is slow but none of it feels particularly unnecessary Mm. It seems unrealistic with how long certain characters take to get to certain conclusions. Mm. But I enjoy every new random thing that this character goes through. The problem is because it's drawn, Mm. it takes so long to get out a short story that would have been really quick to write out Mm. as a novel. Mm. It draws on forever, but if this wasn't drawn, if this was written instead... It probably wouldn't be that big a book. No, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> because exactly. it just keeps going. Because a visual medium, it just keeps going. Yeah. And it would take so much effort to draw all of that as well. Mm. And mind you, the art is what part of what makes Skip Beat so good, the way they draw facial expressions and that sort of stuff. Mm. But, yeah, it's kind of like um, considering a medium. Yeah, well. exactly, exactly. Uh, and, I, I, I mean, before we had let go... Yeah, yeah. I just want to do a good shout out to Heartstopper because yes, we were talking about before we started the podcast tonight. We're talking about how there's some really wholesome comics or mangas out at the moment. Sasaki Miyano, which we've talked about before, Mm. being one of them, and My Dress Up Darling. But I just recently stumbled upon the webtoon Heartstopper, which is now also a Netflix TV series. Um, but that is a beautiful, wholesome webtoon yeah, as well. Yeah, Andy's got me into it, Yeah, and I pretty much can't put it down. It's so sweet. <laughs> it is. Characters are so lovely. <laughs> it's just, it's nice, out of all of the bullshit that we read mm. these days, it's just nice to see some good, wholesome, realistic love stories. Yeah. And there's drama and tension, but not to the point that it's really going to stress you out. Yeah. I swear, it's some... Um, some comics take it too far and you get like almost like physically shaken by the amount of stress that is occurring yes, in the exactly. storyline. <laughs> exactly, and you don't want to read it anymore. Yeah. 
But I, yeah, so Webtoon, Heartstopper. I recommend that if you haven't read it already. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, I guess we'll leave it there tonight. Um, We kind of went on a lot of tangents. There are probably going to be a lot of noises that we can't edit out in this (laughs) one, including cars going past. I apologize. And um, Jack's phone going off before. I didn't even notice. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, we, we... don't pretend to be a super high quality yeah. podcast. So we are not professionals. <laughs> no, exactly. We don't have a producer to edit this stuff. We do it ourselves. So, so anyway, we'll leave it there. Yeah. Enjoy your rest Viewing of your experiences. day and <laughs> night whenever you're listening to this. <laughs> Enjoy your life. <laughs> All right. Bye. See ya.